Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello everyone. Uh, it's great to be sharing with you some wonderful truth again about who we are in Christ and the reality of our Christian faith. My name is Alicia and we are going to head straight into a new series I'm starting about the goodness of God, understanding God's true nature. It might sound simple, it might be something that you think I know all about this. However, I want to encourage you and challenge you to not switch off, but to really believe God that he is going to speak to you through this series. The first time I got into this was several years ago and um, after going through a lot of personal experiences that didn't make sense, I finally got introduced to this topic about the true nature of God and understanding it more fully and since then this has been such a great thing for me to share on personally. It set so many people free that I know. I've got so many good testimonies of that and it also has set myself free to know God in a very personal and intimate way. And in starting this series about the goodness of God, we have to, of course, start with believing that God is good. Um, And this statement holds so many implications for our lives, so many implications for our prayer lives, so many implications for our relationships one to another and our relationship towards God. And therefore, we have to start here as the foundation. Now, whether you know the Bible or you don't know the Bible that well, I am going to be using the Bible quite a lot. I will put up scriptures and I will mention the scriptures so that you can go to it for yourself. But if you don't have a Bible or access to a Bible, you can just follow what I'm reading. Um, And if you need more help to understand the Bible or to to know where to go, you can message us personally, um, privately, contact us on any one of our social media platforms, and we are here to help you grow in your understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, and the reality of what you can experience on earth um, that is forgiveness from God as a good father and also eternal life um, because of what Jesus has come to do, do for us. So we're going to start in the book of Matthew, and we're going to go to Matthew 13, verse 44. And uh, in the scripture, Jesus is basically explaining a concept called the kingdom of heaven. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a very precious treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again. And in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field, securing the treasure for himself. Now that um, is, is an incredible way of explaining what the kingdom of heaven is like. It is like a treasure. I am going to use this illustration that Jesus gives to explain something about the image and the true nature of God. First of all, we must know that God's image is a treasure. Okay, If we look at the Bible, the scriptures that's given to us, we can imagine it like a field. Within the field, which is the scriptures, there is a treasure to be found. And that treasure that we can look for, the treasure to be found, is this image of God, who God is. In the Bible, we are going to see a lot of things that might look like 
um, it's God or it might look like it's the human nature. And it um, we have recordings in the scriptures of what people do that is not in line with God's will. And that is really powerful that it's in there because we can learn lessons from that. But what we are seeking for here is the treasure, which is the true nature of God within the field, within the scriptures. Who is God? Who is he really? When we know this, when we go to this um, Bible, the scripture in this way, or we go and find out about faith in this way, we should be willing to let go of whatever else we've heard before, whatever else we thought about the image of God, and say, whatever I knew before, just like this man who found the treasure, he sold what he had and he said, I need to discover this treasure for myself, who, what it really is and what it really means. And so I want to encourage you that in this series, because it will be running for a few weeks, you will have to let go of some things. You will have to make way for God to write in you a true image of who he is. And that might mean we might need, might need to let go of some definitions we have about God and his goodness. We might also need to let go of some experiences we had. We might need to kind of grow up and say, maybe I got that wrong. Or possibly we need to go and look at the scriptures in a brand new way, like what happened with me several years ago. So last week we actually ended off with Pentecost. And with Pentecost, which is where the church, the early church, receives the Spirit of God, I want to encourage you, everything changed. When God's Spirit came to dwell in man and making man a new creation, everything changed. Now that which could not be understood about God clearly can be made known and be made clear because God's Spirit comes to live in those who believe in Him as Lord, in Jesus as Lord. So if you don't believe in Jesus yet as your Lord, continue listening. I want to encourage you, don't be put off by the name of Jesus. Don't stop listening because of that. Um, continue listening. Let your heart be open to receiving from him and hearing who he is and then actually go and research more about it. So in another part of scripture, which is in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 to 12, you can read that on your own. I'll just go to some of it for those who don't have a Bible. But it says here, the writer says that for to us, God revealed the things which was said about him before, which no eye could see or ear could hear. Now in these last times, he's revealed it to us through his spirit. And his spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. You see, no one can know God, okay, except Jesus. It says earlier in the scriptures, it also says that the only way to know a person is to, to really know the spirit of that person. And I'm sure we've all experienced this where you were maybe out with a friend and you didn't know that they were going through a bad time until they start sharing with you um, or they were fighting feelings or hurts until they started sharing with you. So in this same way, we cannot truly know God unless we have his spirit dwelling in us so that his spirit can explain him to us. You see, and that's what Jesus came to do. He came to give us the privilege of becoming children of God, being filled with His Spirit, born again, new creations that can hear God's voice because 
God can now speak through his spirit in our inside. What is really important to know, if you do know the scriptures, is this fact and this statement, which um, our pastor loves to say, is that if we can't see it in Jesus, we can't see it in God. Okay? We must look at Jesus to see who God really is. Now, I realize this must and will bring up a lot of questions about the nature of God in the Old Testament or in things that you read or things we experience, but I need you to stick with me. We are going for the treasure. We are going to go through a lot of field before we get to the treasure. But in the same time, I want to start with saying there is a treasure. And the way to find the treasure, the true nature of God, the true image of God, is by first looking at it through the eyes of Jesus. In Hebrews 1 verse 3, you can page there and read there, it says, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation of his nature, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purifications of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That is quite a statement to be said of Jesus. Now, in a different translation, which different translations are not contradictory, different translations just help us to seek scriptures more clearly so that we can understand it more easily. So, for example, one of the translations says it like this. The Son, Jesus, is the radiance and the only expression of the glory of our awesome God. He reflects God's Shekinah glory, the light being, the brilliant light of divine, and the exact representation and perfect imprint of His Father's essence. Another way it's said is that the Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of His nature. Or I love this way that it said, the Son shows the glory of God. He is a perfect copy of God's nature. So as we start to rebuild this image of God, who God really is in our own hearts, we have to start by putting on some Jesus lenses. Okay? Have you ever been in the sun and it's so bright that you can't really see clearly? And you put on your sunglasses and suddenly you can see. And that's not always good to have these sunglasses on when you're trying to look at something like your phone. But in this case, it's really good. We need to put on the sunglasses, the lenses of Jesus. And through Jesus, we now look at God to understand God. Jesus himself said, you, no one has seen the Father at any time except um, the one who is sent from him. And that is Jesus. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I know, I know if you've been in church maybe a long time, maybe... Lots of questions are coming up in your heart. I want to encourage you, please stick with this. We are going to get there. We're going to go to scriptures. I promise you. But I'm trying to lay a foundation from which you can build and redefine how you viewed God in such a way that it will bring you to a true revelation of how good your father God is and how great the work of Jesus is. So we need to be willing to lose those ideas that we had in order to find this treasure, to sell everything we have and go for the treasure. So what I'm asking you just at the end of the series is to consider maybe what I believed before wasn't right or maybe how I see things is not the pure picture of who God is. And I want to continue looking for the treasure so that I may know him. 
you know, if you look at the statistics in the world, there are so many bad things happening out there. If you see how many um, I research, it's not the most um, up-to-date statistics, but um, there's like 700,000 people dying of suicide every single year. If we look at murder, I mean, 651,000 people are being murdered. That's in 2017 worldwide. There's a problem. 56 million people or 56 million induced abortions are carried out worldwide. Depression figures are up sky high, sky high, with a worldwide um, number of 246 million people diagnosed with depression and disorders. And these aren't even up-to-date stats. In the USA alone, um, 45 million people get married every single year, and approximately 42 to 53% of these marriages end in divorce. These statistics are not even all the world's statistics, and it's enough to make you stand still and say, what's wrong with the world? And unfortunately, we also have people saying when things happen, bad things happen, or when uh, nature does something, we, we automatically say that that must be God. We say, oh, that was an act of God. We really need to be sincere when we say these things. We need to sincerely look at our heart and our image that we have in our heart of God because the way you view God will always influence your relationship with Him and your relationship with others. Always. These are not the works of God. But it is natural and sincere of those who don't believe to look at us when we say God is good and we need to believe He's good and He's a God of love and say, well, if there is a God of love and a God who's good, where is He? And that many times can also be because of people's personal experience. I've experienced this as well. Things go wrong, things go bad, and people say it's God's will. So we really need to dig into this. And that's why I want to encourage you. I know it's difficult. I know. But I believe God's Spirit can open your heart. And I believe, as was the case with me, when I heard these truths the first time, I it challenged me so much. But my heart was saying, I need to find this treasure. I need to understand who God really is. Because if I know who He is, it defines who I am. And if I know that, it defines how I live in this life and how this life of mine affects eternity. You see, when we make statements like this around the world where God is being blamed for things he is not at all doing, we do affect people's eternity. I know people who have turned away from God and away from the message of Christianity, away from faith because of our image and what we say about God. That has an eternal impact on people's lives. This is really important. And as a church, we need to have the answers for people. And it needs to be more than Jesus loves you. Here's a sticker for your fridge. That's why we are getting into this. And that's why we seriously need to consider what we believe about God. Now, of course, we're going to struggle through some things and we're going to have to struggle through it um, together. So I'm encouraging you. We'll go through it together. I cannot tell you I have all the answers in the world, but I believe that the answers that I can give you and that we can go through through this series is going to help you to have more faith in God, to see Jesus for who he truly is, to see God for who he truly is, and um, to live the reality of your Christian faith. And if you're not a Christian yet, it's going to answer questions in your heart that will make you consider who Jesus is and who God really is. And so um, 
I want to explain to you a video. I wanted to include the video, but I'm never sure what YouTube will do with that. But I watched this video once of a guy who was making a painting. And as he was doing this painting, he was painting an image upside down. So at first, when you watch the video, you see these splashes of paint just going onto a black canvas. And you keep on thinking, what is he doing? And he's playing music and he's dancing around and splashing paint here, splashing paint there. And like two minutes later, you realize... Uh, he comes to the stage and he said, so what would happen if we turn this upside down? And when he turned the image upside down, which had first looked like a lot of just marks on a black canvas, suddenly as he turns it around, the image of Jesus becomes clear. He was painting this image upside down. And then he continues the painting and he finishes his work and it's done. You know, we can imagine it like this, just like in the painting where the image um, or where the image was unclear in the beginning. The image becomes clear at the end when we change our view of who, how we see God. So imagine Jesus' life on earth as he was walking on the earth and doing things on the earth to bring glory to his Father and show us the image of God. Imagine that was like the splashes, all these splashes on a canvas. Then the day of Pentecost, when you became born again, when the Holy Spirit filled you, that's like turning that picture upside down or right side up and seeing for the first time clearly who Jesus is. You are empowered to do that because the Spirit lives in you. Now, the painter didn't finish painting when he turned the picture upside down. He still need to finish it. So God is saying, when you got born again, you are enabled to see me in a way you never could before. You are able to have a relationship with me you could not have outside of Jesus as your Savior. Now, let me show you who I am. So as you get into scriptures, as you get to learn God, as you maybe join a church or speak to a Christian friend about these things, that Jesus' picture may become clearer and more focused in your heart so that you may live the reality of your faith. Jesus actually shows this so clearly to us in a beautiful scripture that he um, uses in John 10, verse 10. So I'm just going to get there quickly for us. John 10, verse 10. <clears throat> the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they have, have it more abundantly. So look at this beautiful image. of You can just imagine this image. Of, of the water cup just filling over and overflowing, okay? This is what Jesus was trying to tell those who were listening to him. The thief, there is an enemy, we know that. There is an enemy and he is not like God. Our enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life. Now what is Jesus revealing to us in this statement? Two massive truths. One, him and his father is a life giver not a life taker. That word life is Zoe life and it's speaking about the absolute fullness of life, the life that belongs to God himself. The word abundant there means to exceed something in number. It's more than what is necessary. It's extraordinary. It's like, for example, if there's a mark that you have to um, throw something to that mark, like heavy weight lifting, you have to throw a, a certain thing to a mark. Imagine somebody throwing it far, far above that mark. That is what the word abundance means. So when Jesus was saying he came to give us life and life in an abundance, he's saying, I came to give you my kind of life because he's a life giver. He cannot give what he does not have. 
okay? He's a life giver and not just enough life and overflowing more than is enough beyond what you can ever need, more than is necessary kind of life. Whoa, that is awesome. The second thing that you must believe about God is that he is not the one who steals, kills, and destroys. This is not his perfect will. He is the one who brings life. God does not want to destroy, and he does not do evil so good can come. Even if good comes from evil, God was doing the good, but God is not the author of the evil that happens. And as I said, please hold on. We will get into the scriptures that cause confusion about this, but I promise you, if you will choose to believe this and look with these lenses at God and at the scriptures, it will change everything. Let's go to another scripture in 1 John 3 verse 8. Here John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, um, he calls himself that, okay? He gives us something so powerful. He says this in the end of the scripture. He says, this is why the Son of God was revealed, to destroy the works of the devil. Another way to say that is, the Son of God appeared for this very reason, to destroy the, what the devil had done. This word destroy has exactly this image in mind. Exactly like breaking the chains off of someone, to loosen someone from their chains, to be set free. That is what Jesus came to do. He did not just come to create a new religion. He came to destroy the work of the devil. Now, what was the work of the devil? We have to ask. The devil had had successfully distorted the image of God on the earth through man who failed to believe God's promise. And because that image was distorted on the earth, it had an eternal impact on us and on those around us. This is the problem with sin. Sin distorts the image of God on earth. And the ultimate sin is unbelief. And because this is so destructive, the image of God being distorted, Jesus came and had to destroy that work of the image of God not being or coming to the earth in the way that he wanted to, okay? The good news is Jesus' reason for coming was to do God's will. He believed in God and through the obedience of his faith, he destroyed the works of the devil. He has done it. What's the work of the devil? He kills, steals, and destroys. What's the work of the Father? He gives life. Now in 1 John uh, 1 verse 5, once again, John is writing, John says this, he says, this then is the message which we heard of him, that's Jesus, and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. This is very powerful. John, who walked with Jesus on the earth, he had a revelation that the full message of Jesus could be summarized in this, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is the core of all the messages Jesus was trying to show us. This is the core of his life on earth. This is the core of his message on earth. This is the core of his work on earth, that God is light and in him there is no darkness. Okay, 
That is super powerful. We need to realize that God does not need to use evil so good can come. And if we find in God something or in the scripture something that looks evil, it is for us to reevaluate and for us to go back and look at it and go, maybe I'm seeing it wrong, for God does not change. Now, James, another believer uh, in Jesus as Lord, wrote this powerful scripture that many years ago really transformed my walk with God and led me into a deeper understanding of who God is and has totally transformed my life to the degree that I, I struggle to remember how I believed before about God. And I'm so grateful for these precious words recorded for us all to realize who God is. He says in James 1 verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. What is he saying? Well, to say it in an easier way, everything good comes from God. This is another translation. Everything good comes from God. Every good, perfect gift is from him. These good gifts come down from the Father who made all the lights in the sky, but God never changes like the shadows from those lights. He is always the same. You see, no matter how we look at God and how long we look at him, we cannot find a shadow in him. We should never find darkness in him. This is not who he is. When we look at the nature of God through the eyes of Jesus, we start with these truths firmly and deeply and firstly put into our heart. He is light. He is life. And he is love. There is no darkness killing or destroying. That is his perfect will. Romans 2 verse 4 says that it is the goodness of God that leads us to repent. Repent just means to change your mind and go into a different direction. You realize you were wrong and you go into the direction that God says. You realize you were wrong about Jesus and you go in the direction of God, what God says about Jesus. There is a great treasure to be found. And it is who God truly is. You might need to work through a lot of field to get there, but I promise you it is there. And it is worth seeking and selling everything else you need to get there. When we see God through the eyes of Jesus, we realize God's beauty, his necessity, and his significance. When we look at God through the eyes of our human experience, we will never see him like that. And I realize it brings up lots of questions, but I really want to encourage you to start here. Start with the simple things. Start with a simple belief, as Jesus said, believe like a child. Start there. And then we will go deeper and further and let God's Spirit heal you and work through you, um, through, work this through in you. So I am going to finish there today and I wanted to also mention a statement that you can say over yourself and the statement is like this as we pray you can just say this over yourself if you are a believer Jesus you came so I can have life not just a normal life but he is God's kind of abundant life Jesus you did this because God is good because God is love and because God is life and I praise you for this. If you don't believe in Jesus as Lord yet, 
And through listening to this teaching, maybe you've realized that there is more. There's more to be sought. Please contact us. Please reach out to us. And we would love to work with you and walk with you through this. If this teaching has brought up questions and scriptures, please message us and let us know. I, we cannot possibly get to every single scripture, but we are seeking to build a foundation and establish you in truth enough that you can go to the scriptures and search it out. And even if it takes our whole lifetime to search this out, who God really is, it would still be worth it. The angels in heaven still see him every day and sing glory, glory. It's like they see a new part of him every single day. And every single day they are still amazed. Glory, glory to God in the highest. Whoa, you're amazing. Who are you, Lord? You're, you're amazing. And so I hope this blesses you, challenges you, and encourages you to always, always believe that there is more in God, more goodness, more life, more love than what we can imagine or what we can live out. Thank you, Father, for this time together in the Word. I pray, Father, for, or there might be some hearts listening to this and, and struggling to even just start at this basic belief that Jesus came to give us life, to give us God's kind of life, and that it's a life of abundance and overflow, this eternal life, the gift of salvation. Maybe some people here have lost sight about how precious that gift of salvation is. Father, by your Spirit, remind them through this teaching, through this series, that God, you are a God that is only good, that you are a God of great love, and that you are a God who personally sees, personally answers, and wants to get involved in our hearts so that we may see you and come to know you for who you really are. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.